everybody, welcome to Horror Movie Yearbook. I am Tim. I'm Willie. Willie, we're back. We're back. We are the, I think we're... The boys are back in town. We made the uh, strategic move as, of a, as a horror podcast to take October off. Yeah, real smart. <laughs> um... Well, look, I think we were both devastated by the fact that our last episode did not record properly. That was a bummer. That was a bummer. And then I am remodeling my kitchen, yes. and it's a lot, and it's taking a lot of time and energy, and you recently took a trip. Yeah, I was gone and for I just, it just, over a week, yeah. It, we both didn't have the availability or the energy, I don't think, to <laughs> to make it happen, but we're back. Yes, we're back. And this looks to be recording right now. The red light is on. You'll know if you're hearing it. And the the timer is working, which I swear happened last time, but we'll <laughs> see. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so good. good. Yes. We're back. Yes. And yeah. Um, we are back. What was I going to do? Oh, let me kick this bad boy off. Go listen to the Game Nerds, by the way. Ah. Um, Ye old Game Nerds. The old Game Nerds. What are they talking about? They're talking about games, I'm sure. Absolutely. Sadly, Westworld FM will not be talking about Westworld again. Uh, Westworld got the axe. Got the axe. Yeah. And during the great Warner Brothers, what is it? Warner Brothers merged with what? Uh, Discovery. Discovery. Yes. The the purge is happening. It's terrible. Yeah. Is, this is the real purge, right? This is. Yeah. This is it. Hopefully, this is as close as we get. Yeah. It's just a bunch of shows on HBO Max. <laughs> we can live. We can live with that. Yes. Uh, but yeah, go check out the Midwest Game Nerds. Um, they are going to be talking about uh, Marvel Snap. Oh. Oh yeah, the new Marvel game. Yeah. The yeah. free to play game. Yeah. Talking with, na- with my neighbor about Marvel Snap today. Yeah. He's been playing it, and uh, he's a big fan of Bishop. Who isn't? Right. <laughs> so who's, who's not a big fan of Bishop? Um, who was your go-to in the X Men video game? In the, oh, which game though? The arcade, the uh, the arcade one. We're talking like the old school classic. Yeah. Welcome to die. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, man. I was uh, an Iceman guy. Was Iceman in that? No, he's not in it. <laughs> what do I? What was Iceman in then? What are you talking about? Wait, what game was Iceman in? Just a second. Iceman's not playable in any of these games. He's, was Iceman not playable in the arcade game? No. No. The roster was Cyclops, Wolverine, Storm, Dazzler, Nightcrawler, and Colossus. Was Iceman never playable in any of these games? He was playable in one of the Game Gear games. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's it. Did you play a Game Gear Madness game? Madness and Murder World? Yeah. Okay. Uh, all Did right. you play that? Prop, maybe. Yeah, you're right. Are you sure it wasn't Colossus? And you like maybe as like a child you thought it was Iceman because he turns like silver. I've, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna go back and delete this part off the. Uh, <laughs> keep my X Men cred. Anyway, continue. Uh, uh, you're fine. You were talking about who was your go to then? Uh, actually, yes. I I used to as a kid. It was Nightcrawler for sure. Okay, that was the go to. You know yeah. what? It was the Game Gear game because I remember the cover. Dude, so you you weren't lying. <laughs> so I wasn't you weren't completely lying. off, yeah. Yeah, you just said the wrong game. Um, yeah. I'm like, wait a second, Iceman. Yeah, no, he was playable in that. Um, yeah, it was Nightcrawler for sure. But I like playing as Colossus and I like playing as Cyclops. I like them both. I like Colossus because when he hits a special, he goes, yeah. for no reason. And it's really cool. Yeah, he like he, screams bloody murder. And then he gets sad about it, Ileana. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Ileana. <laughs> that's, that's a special move, <laughs> is being sad. 
<laughs> well, we saw uh, it was, uh, Colossus, they turned him into an atheist at one point in the comics, right? Yeah. Classic. I always thought that was weird because, like, haven't the X-Men literally been to heaven in the, like, the comics? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Remember when he joined the Acolytes for a while? <laughs> yes, and isn't Ileana like having the time of the Queen of Hell? Yeah. <laughs> always thought, always thought Interesting. Um, being an atheist there was a weird choice by Colossus. <laughs> this uh, is trick. <laughs> this is not real. <laughs> yeah, I guess, I mean, I guess he's, it's still plausible. So, yeah. um, uh, what else was I going to say? So, yeah. Oh, Westworld FM. I, maybe they'll be back someday to wrap. I hope up. so. You know. Yeah. Maybe they'll. Maybe you know, what they'll do is they'll do one of those. Like, remember? Oh, Twitter might be dying at any moment. Thank God. That's um, for, for the best. Remember when they used to do those season eight, uh, next generation, like things or like yeah. season whatever of Seinfeld. They can do season five of Westworld. They can do like a podcast where they just come up with stories for. That's excellent. Season five podcast. So That's I like that idea actually. Yeah. Um. Hopefully they do too. Yeah, that'd be fun. Uh, did you hear like a ton of people's Twitters are getting hacked, by the way? A ton of people's Twitters are getting hacked. Because like half the of, security team is gone. <laughs> half of there's a bunch of fake accounts running around. It's complete madness. It could die at any moment. I think it's going to. I think it needs to. I think we need to. I think it's I'm hoping like with all the stuff with Facebook and Twitter now, um this social media stuff was a mistake. Yeah. And it's time we we recognize that and we move on yeah. and we do what we should have always done, which is just go to our own little corners of niches and find like-minded people and just talk to them for a yeah. while instead of just, instead of just trying to interact with each other. Cause yeah, absolutely. Nobody wants that. <laughs> so, so yes, I did see that. Um, that's great. So we've, so that's what we've been up to. Uh, what I've been up to, I went to Halloween horror nights with my brother Yes. In Orlando. We went on Halloween, which was quite fun. That is delightful. Um, I, was, I was like, this is the first time I've ever been. I had a, I had always wanted to go. Yeah. I had a trip planned. That's a bit of a bucket list item, right? Yeah. I had a trip planned a couple of years ago. I don't know when I'm going to be able to go back, but I had a trip planned a couple of years ago and then COVID hit. So I wasn't able to go, but my brother and I went this time and he went with me and it was, it was a ton of fun. And the crowd there was super cool. It kind of felt like going to a horror convention, except it was just people wanting to go to haunted houses and stuff. Yeah. Uh, we went to this show called like Fire. It was a, like a fire show. Like they threw around fire. That's this sweet. Was a, this was sweet. And uh, they they made sure to warn you up front. Like this is a theme park, but it's 1130 at night. They're like, this is an adult entertainment Ooh. Sh- show. And a boy, let me tell you something here for a theme park show. It's a little racy at times. Oh, yeah? <laughs> it's quite good, quite good. I like uh, it. Uh, yeah, but yeah, they were doing like fire. But like it was all a bunch of like like kind of sexy dancing. They had a bunch of leather and fire and like dancing to 2000s rock. This, this show Sick. ruled. I wish I remember what it was called, but um, it was it was awesome. One time I went to <laughs> my dad's band used to play every like thursday night at this bar in detroit that was they were like the the thursday night band right and yeah. so he was like you know real friendly with the owners and and stuff and i remember like we went and saw a concert downtown and then he goes hey i gotta stop by the bar to talk to the guy who owned it and he goes you want to come I'm like yeah i always wanted to go and i was a kid so i technically wasn't even allowed in but like i i was able to get in yeah, and like we walk up to the front door of the bar, and they've got the marquee saying who's playing that night. And my dad goes, "Oh no!" Like he picked the worst. It was the Jenna Torturers. 
He's like, oh no. <laughs> so this is this was not as hardcore, I'm sure, as the Jenna no. torturers. Yes. No. This I was, saw I'm fifteen and I walk in and yeah. it's like What were they doing? Do you remember? Uh yeah, the singer I you could not forget. No. The singer, if you can call him that, had a pierced penis. That out. was out. It was out. Can you you can do that? Well, I mean, I guess no one's stopping you, I guess. Yeah. yeah I mean, who's calling? <laughs> who's calling? If you're going to see the Jetta Torturers. You're not going <laughs> to. And uh, a, a lady, I think, blew fire onto the piercing, which had some sort Sick. of. And he was swinging his flaming penis in circles. <laughs> it was pretty cool, actually. It was sweet. I wouldn't do it, but it was cool. So he helicopter dicked. A flaming like barbell that was through his. Penis. That's kind of rad. It was sweet. (laughs) Uh, This was called a Halloween nightmare fuel. Okay, it was not the gender torture. Yeah, brought to you by the gender torture. Yeah, and they would play like uh, Rob Zombie and uh, I was going to ask romance some Dragula. Yeah, Dragula, My Chemical Romance. Mm -hmm. Um, I believe Avenged Sevenfold was played at one point. Yeah, did you throw up the horns? Obviously. (laughs) No, I mostly just sat there and went, "Oh man, everybody here's way younger than me." (laughs) Do they even know these songs? Yeah, kids know everything, but... Yeah, it's pretty cool. And you could tell it was, like, the last night of the show because, like, there were people, like, they seemed like workers from the park that were there. It was kind of cool because they were, like, into it and they knew all the stuff that was coming. That's sweet. Yeah. They were like, this show will cover the dark desires. Yeah. Anyway, uh, my brother Roadhead, uh, we were going to record... The plan was I was going to record, like, a podcast for the uh, Patreon yeah. Once again, that fell through with Greg because we, yeah, we were very busy and everything's kind of a hot mess. <laughs> yes, so. totally. But he wanted to send in his top five. I asked for his top five houses here from Halloween Horror Nights. The, the houses you mean, like the different themed park areas? Yeah. Like. So they do a mixture of licensed houses. So you'll get stuff like um, Halloween and the Black Phone had a house there, but they also do original houses, and they're both they're both cool. That's but, awesome. Um, Here's his top five. One was called Fiesta de Chupacabras, um, which Sick. was, he was a chupacabra house, and you got, like, it was a chupacabra chasing around the house, basically. He'd pop out and scare you. Was he cool? Yeah, he was very cool. Yeah. And uh, you could uh, you could kind of sk- see, but, like, the dude in front of us was because he was getting the thing about haunted houses is that the timing has to be right, mm-hmm. and he was getting timed perfectly because he was just like, ah! <laughs> but then we, you guys didn't get hit as hard, which is nice. We didn't get hit yeah. as hard, and we got to watch him get hit like with which is, every th- scare, dude. That's the perfect. <laughs> yes. Um, he's got number four. He had that number five. Number four, he had the Halloween house. I will put this a little higher. This is like OG seventy eight Halloween. Seventy eight Halloween. Yeah. I watched a couple videos too and i had heard from a couple because people go there are vloggers and stuff that go yeah, every year to these yeah. shows and this is a repeat house so they were like it's good but it's a repeat like we've mm-hmm. been on it i'd never been so yeah. like this was brand new to me <laughs> i don't know man this was uh he says they seem to have timing down perfectly um <laughs> he brought up the little kid michael myers he pops out at you inside the first thing and do you get He's, to go into the Myers house? You get to go in the Myers house. So it's pretty rad. This was like it was really awesome. Yeah, because they they do a good job, good. I mean, a decent enough job Recreation for a haunted of, house yeah. recreating it. But the Myers kids scared the crap out of me. Scared you? It was probably one of the biggest scares That's I had sweet. all the time. So. That's awesome. Um, his number three, there was one called. Let me find the title of this one because he calls it. My brother calls it the Fisherman one. Um, uh, Dead Man's Pier, Winter's Wake, and it was about like a fisherman who's been lost at sea. And okay, yeah, and you 
what I remember about this one too, um, the costumes, my brother brings it up. Um, there was a ghost lady as well playing violin. Uh, and she screamed at the end of her. So I was like, she screamed at you, oh. which made my brother laugh. But uh, the sets were amazing in this. Like, you felt at one point like you were on a ship. That's crazy. Yeah, it was That's really cool. cool. Um, number two, he had there was a, one called The Horrors of Blumhouse, and it was Freaky and the Black Phone. So okay. The f- first house they had, it was kind of like two shorter houses. Like mini. Yeah. So the first house. Um, and he brings it up. My brother brings it up here too, but no, I'm just kind of speaking for him in some ways. But first house was freaky, and it's kind of just like kind of normal jump scares based on the movie Freaky. Yeah, so there's kind of a, kind of like so. And then they get you into the black phone house, and it's really, really good. Yeah, because <laughs> the scares. It's Ethan Hawke. He's jumping out at you. Nice. <laughs> um, and but are it's, you in the room from the movie? And you're stuff? in the room from yeah. the movie. Um, at one point, you see him sitting in the chair. Like he does in the movie. Have like you seen he's the movie? Or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, he's in the movie and he, the scare actor is kind of just sitting there. Um, and he sweet. doesn't move. He doesn't scare you, but yeah, it's really good. That's awesome. Um, but th- it works really well because the freaky one kind of sets you up for the later one. Sure. And his number one was of one called, and it was also my favorite original house. It was called Bugs Eaten Alive. And what this was is it was like kind of like a. Sounds sweet. It's like a 1950s theme. Um, and you walk into like kind of like an infomercial style, like you walk into a home of the future and it's been infested by these giant bugs and it goes terribly wrong. <laughs> and like, it's, it's not so much, I mean, it's scary cause you get the pop outs and stuff, but it's also like the theme of it is really cool because it is, it feels like kind of like an old 1950s throwback, throwback movie. Yep. And it's more just like super fun than it is That's cool. kind of like scary. And it was kind of a neat thing to go, but um, just one, uh, there were a couple, like the weekend had a haunted house there, like the musical, Oh, act yeah. the weekend. That was cool. I didn't really get it. Um, <laughs> um, but they did have a scare actor dancing around like the weekend. Okay. That was kind of fun. Um, yeah, there was a Universal Monsters one, which was Dracula, the Mummy, and the Wolfman. That was kind of my big biggest disappointment because it was like it ended with a to be continued. Um, apparently, you had to go to Hollywood to like you had to go to the other house to see how it ended. <laughs> But, like, we were there on Halloween. Why don't you just show how it ended? It ends that day. Like, what the hell? But uh, that was probably my biggest disappointment. Yeah. Um, and then there was one called Spirits of the Coven that I really liked as well, where you were, um, it was a bar, uh, 1920s Prohibition. You were kind of in, like, a speakeasy, and you're surrounded by all these witches who take over the bar. Man, uh, how long was this whole thing? What uh, the? So there are 10 different houses. Right. Um, and each house was probably, like, three or four minutes apiece. Okay. To walk through. Well, probably three to five, I would say. Okay. Um, so we got, uh, and I will recommend this to anybody looking to go. If you have the money, of course, bump up to the Express Pass, unless you're a local and you, so can you can just go there. jump right into. You could. What we had the Express Pass. It was called like the Fear. I don't remember what it's called. Just type in Express Pass. <laughs> but I do recommend it if you're only have one day to go and you're trying to hit every house like we were mm-hmm. um, because we were able to hit every house with time to spare. So, How it was, was, What was the pricing on that, if you don't mind uh, asking? Was it astronomical? Or was yeah, it, I want to say it was like 70 or 80 bucks for oh, that's not that each. Bad. So, um, yeah, I mean... I don't think, Yeah, personally. and that's on top of the ticket price, but... that's that, For that experience, I think that that's probably... We kind of figure we're... We don't know when we're going to get back to this, right. and we're like, no, that's not. I mean, if like I said, if you're a local or somebody who has a couple days at the park, you could hit both of them. But this way, like, we got to fit it. All I expected it. it to be more expensive than that, to be honest with you. Yeah. So there you go. Um, I had a blast. It was a ton of fun. Um, 
my brother also had a blast, and you know my brother, he's not the best at jump scares. Yeah, I, think is, I think he might be like, he needs to reassess this, though. He's getting into it. I think yeah. he's getting into it now. Yeah, he's getting into I think it. he's evolving. Yeah. <laughs> so he's facing go. his fears. <laughs> so a ton of fun Halloween Horror Nights. Well, you, we had some more feedback, didn't we? Yeah, um, we did get an email. Uh, it's <laughs> It's been a while since we recorded, so I haven't seen this, but uh, we got an email from Alan Kay, uh, and he said, salutations, travelers. Yes. What a, what a great way to... To acknowledge, what is greetings and salutations from? Uh, greetings and salutations. Um, is that de- demolition man? No, that's um. Oh, it might be. There's some great stuff in like joy, joy feelings is from demolition man. Yeah. Like you inspire joy, joy feelings in those around you. Um, greetings. Yeah, is that from demolition man? I'm gonna look it up while you read yeah. this up. Um, he did say he was sad that uh the Hellraiser slash Halloween Ends podcast did not record. Because he had just watched both of them, so he wanted to hear our thoughts, which is very, very kind, and we're sorry, too. <laughs> um, you will hear some thoughts on Halloween Ends. Yeah. It will not be quite, probably as like in-depth as it would have been on the previous one that we talked about, but yes. you know, we'll, we'll get some thoughts out there. Um, Hellraiser uh, says he enjoyed it. Uh, there's enough casual sex in the first 10 minutes of the film to let you know this will be a good horror film. Um, uh, said he enjoyed the original older movies. Even though they show their age a little bit, and that it, it so to him it detracts from the immersion a bit. Um, he thinks the new film nails it. Um, Two-hour runtime felt fine to him. Felt like the perfect amount of film for the movie. Um, he said uh, watching it on a, on the LG C1 with a Sonos system makes the movie pop. Oh, okay. Getting yeah. fancy with it, Alan. Love it. Um, yeah, I got, I, I got I a Vizio soundbar. <laughs> yeah, I had to watch it quietly with the closed captioning on because my wife was asleep. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We watched it. We watched it muted practically. Um, <laughs> our 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 four year old is like in the next room over. So yeah. sadly, but that sounds rad as hell. Um, visuals are really something else. Hearing whispering behind and around me gave me the chills. That's sweet. Wonderful sound design. Casting work for me. You don't always need to put a name on name to movie for it to work. Um. Let's see. Uh, he thought that uh, Odessa uh, Odessa Azion or Azion uh, kills as the lead. And you really feel for her struggles at every turn. Haven't read Hellbound Heart, so seeing the creation of a Cenobite was fascinating. Really want to know what the god is and what the realm is like. Definitely left me wanting more from the series. That's awesome. I'm glad he really dug that. That's cool. Yeah. Um, I liked it too. I did. Yeah, we um, both liked it, right? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah for sure. Um, I'd be down for a sequel. We, we all agreed on that. I think. I think my review was not horny enough. <laughs> yeah, you, the, you the casual sex was front loaded for you me. You wanted yeah. more horny throughout the film. Yes, I don't disagree. <laughs> um, well, I, I'm a man who uh, has recently watched the Dark Desires of the Universal Studios. Yes, Fire yes. Show. You've so. experienced the pleasures. <laughs> um, Halloween ends. On the other hand, didn't really hit home for me. Started strong with the cold open, went downhill after that. Pacing is so slow, it left me bored. Inferred at the end the Halloween, of Halloween Kills that Michael can slay entire groups of people attacking him, but yet it ends. Uh, he's a little bitch. He lasts no more than five minutes with Lori this time around. And in the first two films, nothing supernatural is implied to my knowledge, but it ends, I might have believed that Michael either transfers his powers and he gets his power from killing people. That left me confused. Feels like Michael is in the movie for maybe 15 minutes overall. Really unsure as to why Corey is the main antagonist in this film. Feels more like a teen drama with the odd bit of slashing and dashing. Uh, complete lack of plot depth or depth or explanation leaves a bad taste in my mouth. Bitterly disappointed. Be interested to know your thoughts. Uh, you will hear some of our thoughts on that. Yeah, and I want to recommend 
um, something too, um, if Alan is interested or if anybody's interested, because I agree with a lot of what he's saying about the character depth and the plot depth um, with the movie. But I do want to recommend, and then this isn't necessarily um, an endorsement of the movie that exists, but the noveliz- novelization is really Does it have the original ending that we talked about? Um, I don't believe so. No, I don't same one. Yeah, I think it's got this, it's got a very similar one too. Okay. <laughs> yeah, um, but it adds a ton of depth, especially to Allison and Good. why she would fall for someone like Corey, which is a leap that I, even on a second watch, I took to a little more, but not completely. Okay, um, and I think I think it's just because it feels like. Yeah, it feels like there's something. It feels like two movies going out at once. Mm-hmm. So we'll talk about it a little bit more later. But both sure. that and the kills novelization are very good. I haven't read the original novelization. Okay, but they do a great job. If you want to seek it out, um, that's cool. Of adding depth to character because they're written by someone who co-wrote the screenplay as well. Love me so. a good novelization. Yeah, check them out. Honestly, you would really enjoy them. I think. Okay. Both. Yeah, all three probably. I'm sure the first one is good too. I'll so. check them out. Um. P.S. What did you think? What do you think of Liv Morgan being cast in Chucky? Sure, why the heck? Not? I just watched that episode. Was it fun? <laughs> yeah, it was fun. It, yeah. So she is. Um, I don't want to spoil it for yeah. Alan if he if he watches the the Chucky shows in season two, and it's still a ton of fun. But they have very they are very much going with the um, tone of seed of Chucky. That's what I've heard. It's yes. it's pretty crazy. It's pretty crazy. I tend to like it. Um, the first one I thought found a good balance mm-hmm. between kind of goofy Chucky and more scary series. This one, right. is, this one's gone full seed. Um, Glenn and Glenda are back. Um, oh my God, really? Yeah. Um, <laughs> is it Billy Boyd? No, it's not Billy Boyd. Uh-huh. Uh, and the way it can't really be Billy Boyd the way they, okay. the way they do it. But, um, but yeah, you've got the big buff Chucky, the Liv Morgan cameo <laughs> is fun and it's very, but it's very wink, wink nudge nudge because chucky had not appeared in the episode very like at all so okay. they needed a uh, chucky moment i'll say that much okay um <laughs> he also asked what we thought of bray wyatt's return i don't know i didn't see it i'll be honest i'm not sure i yeah, i know <laughs> i didn't see it either um okay. i've been a little bit not watching <laughs> i haven't watched wrestling yeah. a lot lately at all yeah i've been uh, watching by, by a lot i mean in the last like two or three weeks yeah i have not watched wwe in a while. Yeah. I didn't think I even saw the Bray return. Maybe I'll try to catch up. I'm playing catch up on AEW a little bit right now, but even yeah. that I've fallen behind a bit because it's just... Yeah. Once again, the, the kitchen consumes me, so... Well, that sounds like Bray. Yes. You sound like Bray. You're becoming the fiend. I am. Um, It sounded yes. great. Um, yeah. Yeah, it sounded really cool, so... Cool. Uh, Thank you, Ellen, for the feedback. Really yes, thank you, Alan. Yes. Thank you, thank you. And read, right. the, read the book of the movie you didn't like very much. Yeah, yeah, read the book. You'll really like it. I watched the movie twice and read the novelization, and I still don't know if I like it that much. Uh, we'll talk. We'll talk about it. We will. That's that. We're, we're, we're closing out with that, correct? We're closing out the, with that because right. we have to talk about something else real quick. Let's do it. This is big. So, on the last episode, the very last episode we recorded, I believe, mm. we talked about what the hell we thought was going on with the Friday the 13th franchise. Yeah. Yeah. And then we well, took a month off. a lot of weird, like... Yeah. Kind like... It, to call it rumblings is generous, but for this series, it's rumblings. 
Yes. Because, yeah. And it turns out there was something going on with the Friday the 13th franchise. Yes. We would we were like texting each other leading up to this too. Like we we're texting each other What's Larry Zerner tweets. <laughs> yes. That's gonna be when Twitter dies, that's gonna be the worst thing is Listen how am I gonna Larry's, keep up with Larry yeah. Zerner and his legal mind? That's true. Um so then it hit while I was out of town ta- like while we stopped recording, the news hit that Brian Fuller yep. of Hannibal Pushing Daisies, he was a showrunner on Hannibal and Pushing Daisies. He started Star Trek Discovery. I don't know how much of his original vision made it into. I, I'm not sure. Yeah. yeah, he was a showrunner for a little bit. He's kind of that's kind of how his recent career has been. He has done the Queer for Fear um, documentary that I need to watch on Shutter. That I've heard is really really good. Okay, um, it's a documentary series, kind of in the uh, similar vein as like horror noir. Um, okay. Yep, I've heard of it. Yep. So I need to check that out. But it, the news broke that he is going to be the showrunner, I guess, the executive producer. Of the yeah. So originally, so the original news story hit a day before the, what the interview we're going to talk about because I think the interview is kind of where the meat is. Correct. But you sent it to me. And it was basically there's going to be a Friday the Thirteenth prequel series coming to peacock called crystal lake called crystal lake oh did it have the title mm-hmm. okay and it was going to be produced by a24 and brian fuller and brian fuller and focus the press release mentioned mrs Voorhees. the correct? events leading up to the the films so i sent that to you and i showed it to nikki right away because like here's here's my thing my my emotions with it were like a roller coaster because it was like Oh my God! Something's happening with Friday the Thirteenth. Immediate excitement. Yep. And then I saw it, and I think my excitement outweighed my actual critical thinking on it a little bit. And then when I showed it, I, I showed it to Nikki, and she, well, I, I texted you, and I I didn't hear back from you right away because you were like on vacation. And I showed it to Nikki, and she's like, "That sounds like a dumb idea." <laughs> she's like, "What's the story there?" And I was like, "Oh, man. oh, okay." And then like, you texted me back, and you were like. Yeah, not really what I wanted, but you know, I'm happy to hear something. And I was like, I think they're right. This is not what I want. <laughs> and so you guys brought me back down to earth a little bit. Which we is kind good. of pitched something like this. Yes. Yeah on <laughs> on similar. the podcast, something yep. similar like this. Yeah. Yep. But uh, if you, so, I was a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess if you pitched to me, if you sit me down and you pitched to me, a twenty four. Peacock streaming series Friday the 13th. I'm like, that is the, this sounds like a parody of what I want. Well, it does because A24 is about as, and when I think of A24, it's about as far removed as I want the tone to be. From a Friday the 13th Correct. movie. And there are plenty of A24 movies I like. Absolutely. But they have a certain tone, they have a certain brand. And that's not what I want from Friday the 13th. Nope. <laughs> um, when I think of a Peacock streaming series, that is not the format I want, even remotely for. Yeah, and a that's Friday not even necessarily like. Peacock. Peacock. It's, it's streaming. streaming. Yes. Um, and then when you think about like, oh, it's going to basically, if you're going by that, it's it's not going to be Jason related, essentially. Like, it's not like it's not going to have the thing I really want to see back. I go, what are we doing here? Like, I mean, I'm happy to see the franchise. But anyway, but then the next day or a couple days after this interview came out with Brian Fuller. With Fangoria. Via Fango. Yeah. And uh, this has changed things a bit, and I think it's made people a little bit more... The interview is with Scott Wampler, to credit mm-hmm. there, and it's in, it's you can find it at Fangoria.com, just Fangoria, uh, Brian Fuller. And this interview does feel like a little bit of damage control, right? 
It felt like a very good idea. Yes. yes. Yeah. Or it felt like something that, yeah, they had planned and then they were way more confident in the press release than they should have been. What's the backstory though behind, uh, let's get into it here sure. actually. So what sure. I'm going to do is I'm actually going to just read the Brian Fuller quotes because it's not a very long so interview. So you're Brian Fuller. Okay. I'll be Scott Wampler. No, <laughs> because it's not a very long interview and I'm going to yeah. stop after each one of his answers to these sure. questions and we can talk about it. Um, right. Uh, the first one, it starts with him like making horse noises. So uh, th- this Excellent. is the first first thing comes from which characters and locations are you allowed to use? And he says everything. We can use everything. We can go to hell. We can go to space. That's not to say that we will do those things. Although if we do go 10 seasons, I will be lobbying hard to go to space. Um I'll continue here. He says, A24 and Mark Toberoff, who is Victor Miller's lawyer, have beautifully and excruciatingly assembled all of the Friday the 13th rights. As a streaming series, we have the rights to do everything underneath the Friday the 13th umbrella. The movie rights are a completely different thing. They are tied up at New Line and are super, super messy, and we probably won't get them untangled anytime soon. But as far as us... um, Chickens in the television industry, uh, roost. We have access to everything and everything that the Friday the Thirteenth, that Friday the Thirteenth has done up until this point. So there you go, beautiful. Because that was the first thing we thought. I think we texted a little bit too. Was this is Victor Miller's project? It feels like a compromise. It feels like oh, okay, we only have the rights to this, right? But but it sounds like the TV rights are a totally different beast, yes. <laughs> and that some agreement has been worked out for the TV rights. So Victor, in some way, yeah. So it's A24 and Mark Toberoff, who is his lawyer, who I believe... But I would is, think Sean Cunningham would have something to do with this. I think Horror Inc. is involved. Horror yeah, Inc. is Sean Cunningham, right? But it's it's someone that's not Sean Cunningham that's in charge of Horror Inc. or whatever. Yes. So they are involved in this in Which some way. Which is promising. Yes, it is good. Um, so now... Everybody wants to make money, I mean... Yes, yeah. and this can make money. Because uh, he's... Uh, I, well, he might get to it later in this interview, but let's let's look a little bit here. We can go to hell. We can go to space. Love it. We can do 10 seasons. Let's go. Some of the speculation I've heard on this show, and I want to see what you think, is that maybe they might be doing every season based on a movie, like kind of leading up or based around, because he has called it a remake, a pre-remakeful, I guess is what he's called wow. it. Um, yeah, I guess. So the first season, I guess, would be... Follow Pamela up until remaking the first movie, essentially. Yeah, or maybe even following the characters, like the counselors from that movie, and doing what I'm thinking is kind of like a lost flashback style thing. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. If if they're doing that, then it's got to get to season five. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> because cause I need my Roy season. Season one, what I'm thinking is like season one could be the Pamela stuff, and you're, then maybe Pamela will continue throughout the series. I mean, in different ways through visions, flashbacks oh, yeah. with you, Jason. Oh, yeah, you can do a ton of As that. Jason becomes kind of the killer. So and, wouldn't you do like so combine two, two, three, four into like one season, essentially, purely because that... Yeah, but do you want to... I, I kind of want a whole season... Uh, of Sackhead? Of Sackhead. So when do you bring in Tommy Jarvis, though? Right. I well, think, I'm, I'm just thinking, yeah, I'm just thinking of original movie timeline, but this they could do whatever they want with this. Because 2, 3, and 4 take place a day each apart. Oh, yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. So it could all be like one long, crazy day of just so murder. But I don't know. I'm trying to figure Man. out what he's saying here. 
because if he specifically says if we do go 10 seasons i will be lobbying to go to yeah. space so that almost tells me he may be thinking something similar to what we're maybe or maybe he's just thinking he's just joking because it's the 10th movie and they went to space so like yeah if we get that far we're going we're doing it too yeah i'm probably reading too much into this i don't know i mean who knows it's fun to read into this stuff sometimes so what do you think of, yeah so uh, just on that they have access to every anything and everything friday the 13th has done to this it's great no i'm yeah. happy i mean I, I didn't think they did based on what i was seeing based on my knowledge of the the legal stuff that's been going on it sounded to me like this was a victor miller using the rights he has. Right. You know, but that limits them a lot. You know, I mean, yes, I, I'm cool with the idea of a, of a season or a miniseries of of Mrs. Voorhees and kind of her origin story. I'm cool with that, but I don't want to watch seasons and seasons of her. I just don't. To me, that's not something I'm... Because eventually you're never... Eventually, you're going to start getting into like overly goofy bullshit where she's reading the Necronomicon and stuff, and I don't want to. I just want to <laughs> see it. Like I just don't need it. You know, I, I want to get. Yeah, I want to get to the meat and potatoes at some point. I think the comparison point, you and I kind of. It's Bates Motel. Bates Motel, yeah. and I really like Bates Motel. I've never seen the whole thing. Okay, but, but it starts to it like you were saying. It, it gets ridiculous. It starts to get a little long in the tooth. Yeah. yeah. Um. And eventually, you're like, and that's actually why I liked. I think the last season the best because finally it felt like we we're getting to they an end the point. Trigger there. On, yep. Yeah. They've got pulled the trigger on it, and that's what I could see. But I want them to condense those five seasons. I think of Bates Motel into one season here. Like I think you can do one season of based around Pamela. Hundred percent. Yeah. I, I yeah. think it'll be good. And then from there, like I said, once you kill Pamela, which I assume might happen at the end of the first yeah. season, she can show up as like Jason's kind of guiding Yeah, force. you can keep that character. Yep. Yeah. I mean, and then I think you you start to, over the next couple seasons, if you can get them, build, build the Jason character into the, into the uh, iconic, you know, hockey mask wearing monster that we all want to see, right? Yep. That would make sense. So I'm going to rapid fire these answers next because yeah. this all this pertains to the prequel thing that both you and I kind of I think kind of cringed at in the press release. Yeah. He says I don't think I'm allowed to just say yes uh, say yet, but I would say it's less a prequel series than a pre remakeable series. And then he asks, "Can you describe what that means?" And Fuller says, "No, not on the record. I can't." And then Wampler asks, "Will Jason be in it?" And Fuller says, I wouldn't count Jason out. I think over the course of the series, you will see many familiar manifestations of Jason. Sackhead Jason and Hockey Mask Jason, right? Uh, Yes, and probably like fantasy, creepy little boy rotting in the lake, Jason. Yep. Roy. (laughs) I think Fuller might be interested in doing a Roy (laughs) season. (laughs) That seems like... Fuller, don't don't leave the series until you give us Roy. <laughs> give us the Roy that we've been waiting for. Um, David Gordon Green did. You know what he would do though. What what Fuller would do though, if he's a fan of that movie or knew that that it had its fans, he would make like an episode of the show about like a copycat killer. Yeah, yeah. You do that, yeah. That kind of standalone episode that, that shows episode the kind of like the lost episode with um, Paulo and Nikki. Right? And I would love it. Yeah, I love those episodes. Yeah. Honestly, I would oh, love it. What was another one? 
that recently did that. There's always been some good ones throughout the course of TV. There's yeah. been bad ones, too. Certainly, yes. <laughs> but, but there's been good ones. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of examples, but I can't. Blake it right now, too. <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> it's getting late. I mean, you know. Honestly, the Chucky the Chucky show just did one. We talked a little bit about yeah. it, but the Chucky show, that sh- the Liv Morgan one that we mentioned earlier, right. was a murder mystery show with <laughs> with the entire cast of Bound. I'm so happy that USA has just given Dan Mancini a bunch of money to just do Go whatever he wants. So sweet. <laughs> He's reunited the cast of Bound. So sweet. Did a, Meg Tilly showed up. <laughs> Um, so this is uh, oh Scott Wampler asked Brian Fuller about the reactions <coughs> and Brian Fuller says excuse me the reactions I saw yesterday were very positive but yeah there's always going to be a collection of naysayers that's nothing new to me we were kind of naysaying um, a little bit I encountered this when Hannibal was announced some of these tweets look like copy and paste jobs from 10 years ago so part of me is sort of leaning back with my arms across my chest saying wait and see and the other part of me is more like well folks like that may not have may not have to make a living with their imaginations and what they can imagine must be very disappointing to them. <laughs> very sassy answer. There. I like that. Yeah. Uh, very snarky. Um, get so him fuller. I'm going to admit this. This might get me kicked off the Midwest uh, podcast network here. Cause I know uh, I've tried multiple times to get into Hannibal. I can't do it. I watched, I tried once and I, I also, it wasn't for me. I respect I mean, Ryan Fuller a lot. Yeah, for sure. And no. I recognize it's a very good show. I just it wasn't for me. Yeah. I couldn't get into it. No. And I have not seen um, Dead Like Me either. No. So I'm coming into this whole thing knowing Brian Fuller is a very talented man. But not knowing any of his... Not really knowing a lot of his... I don't either. So Yeah, I did not you watch... in the same boat. American we might, we Gods. We both get kicked off. The... What else did... Uh, his full, uh, I'm familiar with his work, his TV work mostly. Yes. Um, but I do know that, and I've seen in interviews, and I have seen his Mrs. Voorhees Halloween costume. He dressed up as Mrs. Voorhees one year. Yes. Excellent. Um, and it's a very good costume. It's got the sweater and everything. And he's with somebody dressed as Ginny. So he's a fan. I do know he worked on uh, Voyager and Deep Space Nine, which is a plus for me. But yeah, I haven't seen a ton of his work. So. I recognize that, um, but I also like. I'm still a little bit leery of him because I'm still not a hundred percent sure how great of a fit he is for what I want from the franchise. And like, there's a part of me hoping that like this new line thing is. I know it's apparently a mess. The right. So I hope we get like a movie. I hope we get like um, kind of like the Child's Play did, thing did um, a couple years back, where the TV series was announced while they made that remake that I didn't really wasn't really crazy about, <laughs> but. You right. know what I mean? Like, I hope they make a straightforward Jason movie, and then this exists as well. Because this could be great, honestly. But I'm, I, I, you know what? I've come back around to where I'm like, hey, I'll be happy to see, see some Friday the Thirteenth content at this point. To be honest with you, like, yeah, that's where I'm at. So I'm just excited that the the franchise is doing something. Um. Even if it's not necessarily what. I would have done, I guess. Like, I, um, I'm excited for it. So, yeah. I think the thing with Hannibal, for me, isn't isn't it big about food? Like, isn't it a big show for foodies? Don't foodies love Hannibal? Yeah. Well, it's, they photograph food very alluringly in that in the show, yeah. if I recall correctly. Yeah, I'm not. I don't really give a shit about food. 
I just want to eat it. This is this is where I admit, like, yeah. I've, uh, no offense to foodies, but I eat to like. I like A and W cheese curds a lot. Yeah, I eat because like I need to. Like it's something That's I have I'm to too. do. Yeah. So like I'm not like. Prepa- I mean, I, I like food that I like. Oh, and I like good food. Like I'll like I'll, if someone serves me something that's like if I get a good, nice, fancy steak. You're like, this is great. I'm like, this is wonderful. But like, but at the end of the day, you're like, I just want to not die. Yes. <laughs> like I'm doing this because I'm being forced to. Right. By my body. Right. Yeah. I'm with you. Here's a nice story from Brian. He says, I'll tell you something very personal, and I may have shared this with you previously. I know part of the story has been out in the public discourse as a public figure as I am, which is not very, but some people will have heard this. I read a Friday the 13th synopsis when I was maybe nine or 10 in Famous Monsters magazine. This is a few years before I saw the movie. It became a story I'd tell my friends around campfires, which is also where I got my first taste of storytelling and the thrall an audience can fall under when it's hearing a story as captivating as that of Friday the 13th. Absolutely. Uh, Oh, yes. So there was that combined with the fact that at the same time I was working with special needs kids. I was hyper aware of the challenges of parenting special needs children. One of the kids I sat with during most of that volunteer work, his mother simply couldn't handle him. He was amazing and unique and had a different sort of intelligence, but he was also nonverbal. His mother couldn't get far enough away from him. And so when I read about Friday the 13th and saw the links Pamela Voorhees would go to for her special needs child, I found myself in this Venn diagram of influences and I fell in love with the series. I fell in love with that first movie. I fell in love with the second movie. I fell in love love with all of them well maybe not jason goes to hell but i'm not mad at it uh, at any rate i feel that i'm in a new unique space to tell the story and to make sure it is loved and cared for appropriately hey he didn't shit on part five so we're good uh he pretty much falls in line with what we think of the franchise yeah which kind is of, we don't like jason goes to hell that very much. good but the rest of them we're gonna watch it yeah oh yeah i'm not gonna say no to it <laughs> we watch every one of these yeah this is the, this is the franchise like where I do not get mad at a single no. entry. There are fran- there are entries in Halloween and uh, Nightmare on Elm Street where I get mad at because they watch. suck. Uh, Resurrection and that remake of Nightmare on Elm Street, I get mad when I'm watching those. They're bad, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't like part. Oh, and Freddy's dead. <laughs> That's a bad movie too. I yeah. don't like Freddy. I don't like Five either. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, five has some. I don't stuff get I mad like. at it, but it's not good. Yeah. Yeah. But Halloween, yeah, I've been pissed at Halloween before. What do you think of that? uh, So that's kind of, it seems like that's what he's hinting at, at least the first season of this movie being about Pamela and the link she will go to. I'm cool with it. Like, like, but but we do need to, if if it's going to be longer than a season, and who knows? I mean, I'm not going to get too overly, you know, if it it goes longer than a season, then we're going to need to eventually, I don't want, a lot of the times with these these shows, these origin shows, like like look at like Smallville, or like yeah. like it's like geez, like like they're so hesitant to like get to the end game, and it doesn't why well, it doesn't even have to be the end game, just make it a natural like like in this case it'd be Jason like hockey mask wearing Jason killing teenagers, but like like that shouldn't necessarily be the end game. That can just be part of the journey of the show, right? I just hope that they don't go that route where it's like holding back, holding back, holding back. Like eventually you're going to have to get there, like pay it off. I'm hoping that because he is a fan of the franchise that he understands this. I hope so. And I'm sure he does. Um, and I'm hoping he delivers. And then if he doesn't understand this, he sticks around the show long enough to 
Yes, this is another problem with Brian Fuller we have not addressed here, is that uh, lately it seems uh, he leaves very quickly from some of these He doesn't shows. stick around. He did not stick around for Discovery for very long, Star Trek Discovery, American Gods. I think he left, what, after the first season? Mm-hmm. Um, he's been attached to a lot. Yep. So fingers crossed. Hopefully... So here's what's giving me hope, though, on that front and some of the uh, what we want to see front. So only a couple more here. But this one is, uh, he says, yes, one of the things that's super exciting, one of the many reasons we went with Peacock is that they blew every other competitor out of the water. There was a bidding war on this, and they came in strong and gave us a full season commitment with a huge penalty if we don't do a second season. So it's kind of a two-season commitment, but really just the first season commitment. We're going to have roughly five times the per-episode budget that we had on Hannibal. Wow. So here's what's giving me hope here. Uh, Peacock is not lighting the world on fire. No. As far as streaming services go. From what I can tell, none of them seem to be. No. Uh, they all seem to be big buddy losers right now, but I understand it's an investment for the future. But Peacock is um, on the lower end of these streaming services. Mm-hmm. What gives me hope a little bit on that front is Peacock is universal. Universal has a history with horror movies. Mm-hmm. Um Universal also has a hit on there. Chucky's a hit right now on USA. Like even on linear like cable yeah. television, like a lot of people watch Chucky. It was on Sci-Fi originally, right? It's still on Sci-Fi. It airs on Sci-Fi USA, I think, simultaneously now. Okay. And then it hits Peacock next day. I think is how it goes, and it does pretty well. Um, yeah. for even on the live live versions, last I checked. So it gives me hope, and also the money thing. And the commitment tells me that they're kind of all in on this. And they kind of have to because I don't know how many... Because this seems like it's going to be a Peacock exclusive. Mm-hmm. And I cannot recall any Peacock exclusives that have like lit the world on fire. Here. No. Um, so, yeah, they kind of need something like this yeah. to be a hit. So uh, Yeah, for sure. Um, let's skip this one because he's just talking about money. So let's go to the last one. He's asked Scott Wampler asks, how murderous is Crystal Lake going to be? It will be pretty murderous. I think we'll have we'll be dropping bodies every episode. And I think there's something about the build of that as we are hopefully in for the long haul. I wasn't kidding. If we get ten seasons, I'm going to make a concerted effort to find a way to rationally and dramatically and in some fashion go to space. <laughs> I can't imagine it going 10 seasons, but I will put it out there that, yeah, uh, well, I haven't gotten past laying out the first three seasons, honestly, so I suppose it's very easy for me to say, if we get to 10 seasons, we're going to see. Wait and see. Yeah, we're going to space. We're going to space. Wait and see, so. This is all promising stuff. It sounds like, I mean, he's certainly got the, he's certainly passionate about it. It sounds like he's got the backing of of Peacock, which is great. I mean, if he's got three idea, an idea for a three season run right now, that's that's good. Any guesses on what the three season run is going to be? I think you may have hinted at what you think it might be. I think it takes you through through Tommy Jarvis killing Jason. So you think he's going to uh, do? I'm kind of in the same. I think the first season is going to be very Pamela. Pamela, and I think it'll end with Pamela being killed, and yeah. the revel, the reveal that Jason's still alive as a young boy. So you think we're gonna do each? So you think we're gonna do each episode focused on a counselor she kills? No, I think it's gonna be flashbacks about her. Okay, we're gonna get more as she's setting up killing these counselors. So it's gonna be okay. So it's gonna tell the story, and then we're gonna jump forward to her killing the counselors. Yeah, I, th- I think I think that it's gonna take place during a, a remake of Friday the Thirteenth One. 
where she's going through and killing counselors. Yeah. But as she's killing the counselors in those episodes, we're going to get flashbacks to what led her to this point. Okay. That's what I think it's going to be. Yeah, and I think that... So that's where you get the pre-remakeable thing, because the entire season is going to essentially be a remake of Friday the 13th Part 1, but it's also going to be a prequel that takes us back to build to the point that we've gotten to with Pamela of lost her mind. And, and it also explains his whole bodies will drop each episode because it's going to be her actively killing throughout the course of the season. That's my thought. I'm hoping this gets around. I'm kind of hoping this is six to eight episodes. Yeah. Count. Six would be fine. Yeah. And the, and I'm the one kind of like the one kill per episode thing is kind of a nice, uh, in a way, kind of a nice callback and inspiration. Uh, the, the ten little Indians, yeah, vibe from yeah. One or two kills an episode is cool to me. Yeah, yep. um, and then I think you do the second season. You do kind of the rise of Jason, Jason coming to the fore, and then I think you haven't put the mask on at the end. Yeah, I think yeah. You bag end, ha- you end season two. You end season two, or he 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 gets the hockey mask in the finale of of season two, and then yep. season three is like prime Jason. And he's finally thwarted by Tommy Jarvis at the end. So you think they kind of combine three, four a lot Yes, for season three. Yeah, that makes sense. And then we finally get Roy in season four. That's the hope. (laughs) Is the show's a smash hit and Roy, (laughs) they bring the Roy. Uh, That was the end of the interview. We are, I'm kind of excited for it now. Now that we've talked this through. Once you talk about it, it gets it gets exciting. Yeah, for sure. so we'll be on the lookout, and we will be covering further developments because we promised we would. So we will talk about this every step of the way. There doesn't seem to be a date on this, right? No. Let's fast track this, Peacock. You gotta you gotta get it moving here. Let's go. Tim and I need to do a spinoff show just to cover this <laughs> Crystal Lake show. The only worry, like, there's there's part of me that looks at some of what he says and says, uh, this looks too interesting for Friday the 13th, <laughs> like a lot of this, uh, because then the problem you run into is uh, maybe something like Halloween ends, which uh, we're about to talk about. We are about to talk about. Yeah. Uh, we watched this. So I'm going to, this is about a month ago. I watched this yeah, for the first time. We've already reviewed this for the podcast. <laughs> Talked um, about it for the podcast. No, actually we didn't. Didn't we discuss this a little we bit? We did Hellraiser. Yeah. We did Werewolf by Night, and oh, we yeah. did Smile, and then we said we were going to come back yeah. and well, do a whole episode. There we go. But We're doing part of an episode. Um, we uh, It's been a month ends. since we watched this. The concluding chapter in the David Gordon Green trilogy. Everybody has moved on. Yep, no one gives a <laughs> shit about what we're talking about right now. <laughs> That's why uh, I wanted to save it for the end, because everybody's sick of being yelled at for their opinion one side. Of the- <laughs> I, I'll be honest with you. I have plenty to say, but I, I'm going to sum it up in, in kind of one major statement here. That's 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 where I want to. So many opinions have been thrown out there. Like I, there's one, there's something I want to say about Halloween Ends. I get why people don't like it. I won't even go as far as to say I really liked it completely. I think I liked it more than most. But there's a tendency in fan bases when something does not measure up to the quality that they're hoping for. Yeah. For any reason, I'm not. I'm not trying to downplay people's opinions on this. I get it. I, I I'm with you. Where you find one aspect of the thing you didn't like to cling on to, and that becomes your sole source of hatred towards the thing. The the thing as a whole. Uh, example: Jar Jar Binks. 
in the prequel movies, particularly the Phantom Menace. Right. Judge Binks sucks, okay? Yeah, he's a bad character. Yeah, he's bad. But is he the biggest issue with those prequel movies? No. No. But what do people always bring up first when they're talking shit about the prequel movies? Jar Jar Binks. Yeah. Because you need that thing to link onto. With this movie, it's it's Corey. <laughs> Just going to throw it out there. I am. Do I have issues with the Corey character? Yes. Do I think it always lands? No. However, do I think the idea in and of itself of of the, the concept of this Corey character and what he does in this movie and this evolution of evil and the fact that this evil persists throughout Haddonfield and it just changes shape and it's never going to truly leave Haddonfield because Haddonfield is kind of a broken place. I love all of that. All of it. Right. The execution isn't always perfect, I, I, but I think the performance is good. I think it's mostly believable. Um, I don't always buy, as we were talking about before, the Allison relationship completely. I think that's a little bit fast-tracked just to try and get there. Um, I also think you have to keep a movie like this. This is one of the sacrifices. You've got to keep it moving, yep. especially a movie uh, that's taking... Uh, that's going a different route it like is, this. It is as kill that, that is as kill light as this movie is. You can't up until yeah yes because this I, is the a- opposite of kills. Yeah, because as like Alan touched on in his email, like it does. You are there was a point where I'm sitting there going, even I who kind of knew Corey was coming in some ways. Yeah, like I was sitting there going, like, hey, I get it. Can we can we move? On? Can we can somebody kill yeah. somebody? Here? Yeah. If you wanted to remake Christine, you right. yes, should just yeah. fucking remake Christine. Yeah. yeah. Um, but does it surprise you that John Carpenter was a fan of this movie? By the way, that he was. Yeah, he came out. He said he liked it. Um, no, I think I this doesn't this surprise seems, me. Uh, no, that doesn't surprise because this seems like a movie John Carpenter had been trying to make for a while. Yes. in some ways. Yeah. Kills does not seem like a Carpenter movie to me. No, not not. It at seems all. like he, had, he thought it was funny, <laughs> but like. But and, and actually, 2018 seems less like a Carpenter movie. This feels more most Carpenter to me out of any of the. I would agree, especially with what it's saying. Yeah. That's what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, we still get Rob Zombie level gore here and there, and certainly not like Kills. But Kills is just Kills is my favorite of the trilogy. It's something <laughs> special. Um, but uh, I, I just I I just want I hope people anybody who's still listening or gives a shit at this point about this movie. I just hope you you if you don't like it you don't like it and I'm not going to sit here and try and make arguments for it but like I don't think the Corey thing is the is the issue. I think that's actually a pretty strong idea. Um I I think my big thing for me is the ending falls apart. So you don't like the ending. No, I it like sucks. the ending. Yeah. I don't I well I don't it's not, Well, like, what are we talking what are we talking about we with need the to ending yeah. here? They spend this movie moves very slowly for a Halloween film and it spends an insane amount of time for a concluding chapter in a trilogy. It spends an insane amount of time with a character that's introduced in like the opening seconds of this movie. An insane, like, like most of the movie is spent with Corey and that's fine. I actually don't have an issue with that because of the separation of time between the first two movies and this movie. I think it actually kind of works. Like we're being reintroduced to the world through him. Right. The problem is they do all this and then at the end, Michael Myers just shows up and kills Corey, and we get, and we get the finale to the first two movies, and we get no resolution of the movie that's been building to this point. 
and, and ends. I touched on this. Ends a little gets bit, yeah. no resolution as far as like it's it what it's trying to do. Like there's no. It sets up all these ideas about the idea of evil evolving or evil carrying on or change. Even Laurie says it. It doesn't die. It just changes shape. But that the movie doesn't do anything with that. Yeah, Corey's dead. No, yes. Like, so uh, what was the original ending you were talking about a little My bit? My understanding, and I, I'm, I'm taking this off of test screenings I heard about and stuff, so it might not be 100% right. I'm just giving you what I've heard. The finale is largely the same. Corey shows up at Lori's house, attacks Lori. Um, Lori is actually being choked by Corey at this point. Allison comes back to the house because she's left because she's angry at Lori at this point in the movie. Comes back to the house, runs up the stairs, sees Corey choking Lori, shoots Corey. He falls off the back of the balcony and lands just like Michael Myers did in the original 78 movie. Okay. And he's laying there. Then the real Michael Myers shows up. All the craziness happens. Lori defeats him like in the finished film. They drag him out to. I think there's various versions of this in the script in the that were shot. There's the garbage compactor thing that they went with, which is hilarious. There's a there's a version where they actually um, draw and quarter him, where they they tie a rope around his appendages and drive cars in various directions. And then there's apparently a version where they just burn the body on a cross like they literally yeah. could literally crucify him which might have been too much for audiences um but it doesn't matter they get back to the house allison and Lori, and Corey's body is gone and then you cut over the same shots from the original movie where you're seeing various scenery from this movie so various set and you're hearing the breathing that to me works and I don't recall that in the novelization, so they may have... That, to me, works yeah. way better. It's it's a, it's a natural conclusion. And I don't, I'm not one who likes to do this whole, like, the alternate ending would have been better. Like, I don't like to do no. that just because... I think some people like to do that just because it's different. I legitimately think this that if that is, the, if that is how things were intended, I think that's a more satisfying ending for me. I think it brings the whole thing full circle. Yes. I think it actually ties together the themes that the yes. movie's trying to do, the trying to convey with the, with the Corey stuff. I think it does justice to what you've just spent an hour and a half watching. And I, yes, the ending of the finished film is satisfying in the sense that we get to see Laurie in a good place at the end, and that's great. And I think that's cool, and I like to see all that stuff. But you still could have done that. You still could have done all that. Yeah. Um. My thing is, this was not Laurie's movie at all. Well, even the thing is, like, I think that actually works better, what you said, because it recognizes, that ending works better because it recognizes that, like, all this bad stuff is going to be there. All this evil is going to be permeate throughout Haddonfield, the country, whatever you want to, because, I mean, that's what it's saying. And uh, it finally, it's Laurie finally... I don't want to say giving up, but finally recognizing that she can't control everything. Well, she she, she she's closed the book on her on, right. on on her struggle, but she can't stick around. The next generation is going to, have to figure out how to deal with the next thing because she can't do it forever. Yes, and I like that. And it's, we've already seen Lori, and I do like it. Doesn't let Lori off the hook in no. this movie either. It, it, no, and I did. I like that because I wanted because she is. Uh, 
she's in the wrong um, a lot yeah. of the times yeah. in, in this trilogy. So I like that it didn't let her character off the hook in this movie either. Yeah. But there is, yeah, I like that ending better is what I was trying to say. I agree. So, yeah. <laughs> so Corey. Corey. What was I going to say? I think the movie overdoes it a little bit with kind of the sad sack Corey stuff. I, I do. Think, I, do. Um, I think he feels... Him getting beat up by high schoolers is ridiculous. <laughs> it's ridiculous. He's like a 20-some-year-old man. I've known some 20-something-year-old men who might get beat up by high schoolers. Yeah, but this guy doesn't seem... I don't know. Yeah. Does he seem... The actor doesn't. For me, the actor. I look at him and I don't find it believable. I just right. Don't. I just. I, I. I. go. This guy'd be, even if he was antisocial or, a little bit of a shut-in, he would still. I mean, he'll go. Well, he away. does. Yeah, he does. Um, decides that he's going to start killing people. So you could. He can handle himself. Is what you're yeah. saying. Yeah. He can handle himself against these high school kids. Um, it's very funny. <laughs> it is super funny, but it also there are parts of him that kind of feel like they're from a Rob Zombie movie, especially the mother. Um, this whole trilogy's had some surprisingly Rob Zombie esque influences. Ah, uh, yeah, and I think some of them might be uh, Danny McBride as well. There's a Lori line in this movie that feels like Danny McBride wrote it specifically, for, like the like, one about uh, you got to you got to rip open your shirt and show your tits to eat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, that felt like it was straight out of Eastbound and Down. Yes. <laughs> um, but I, I think, I think because the movie condenses a lot of the Corey stuff, like, it goes for this weird, like, kind of Twin Peaks vibe where he, uh, yes. do from, like, Twin Peaks. Um, yes. I agree, I it agree. It kind of condenses yeah. it in, and it also has to, the dialogue does a lot of heavy lifting, and it's very heavy-handed at times. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there are some cheesy shots that are very on the nose, but I don't know, like the shot with him in the hedges. Yeah, he just like shows up. Um, but all the stuff I'm saying and like, oh, I still kind of like it's. This has become, I think, in some ways, the most interesting slasher trilogy out there. Actually, it's not even in some ways. I think this is the most interesting to dissect str- slasher. I trilogy. don't disagree. I think there is a through line. And when I go through and I read those Halloween books about the, um, I think it's Dustin McNeil is the yeah. author, um, about, and uh, I can't remember the other guy's name, but you know what I'm talking about, the uh, unmade Halloween movies. And I go through and read those and there's like... Taking shape. Taking shape. Thank you. Yep. And there's all those uh, there's all those scripts that are about like evil coming to life. And this kind of does it. All these wacky Halloween ideas yeah. and I'm like, man, I really wanted to see those. And then I like, and then I finally get one that does it and I feel mixed and I kind of feel bad about it. But like, at least it's interesting. It is. Yeah, it is. It's more interesting than, than the other two in the trilogy, at least, even if you don't like it as much, I think it's, there's more interesting stuff happening here. Yeah. Um, I will disagree a little bit with, with, uh, Alan's feedback and I, no shade at Alan. I just, I do think that um, they they don't like blatantly establish it necessarily. They don't outwardly say it in kills, but I do think that they definitely infer that there's something more to Michael Myers than just being a man in kills. Yes, and I do think that they infer that the more he kills, the more he is like super powered because like he yeah. goes in like that crazy killing spree at the end. That's so insanely unbelievable that anybody could pull off especially after being beaten with like I think they make it pretty obvious here that he's transferring his uh, the scene in the sewer <laughs> the other thing I just couldn't... he's like spent at the end of this at the end of kills or he's yeah. or he's spent by the end of 
ends. Like he can't. His energy is drained, and then he kills the hobo. And, and he kind of like, and he's transferred. Um, uh, the hobo, I believe, in the novelization, is a guy that was in the uh, san- <coughs> sanitarium with Michael. Oh, okay. by the way, he's he's been he's been like, Michael is kind of like uh, controlling him in some ways. Oh. The evil is it's it rocks. But anyway, it's I think they make it pretty explicit that he's in the sewer. He transfers his power over to Corey yeah. in that sewer. I mean, it's they're not gonna like. Spell it out more than they do, I think. I think if you did spell it out any more than you did, it, it would be, you'd start having to explain it. That's It would take scenes of you'd like... start doing Cult of Thorn stuff. It would take scenes of other characters being introduced Which to explain what's... Yeah, I would love it, but also, like, I, I, I'm with you. I kind of... He's transferred his energy over to Corey, and by the end of the movie, he's spent because he doesn't have whatever superpowers yeah. he has and kills. That's right. how I took it, yeah. But that's, once again, why I think that ending that we talked about that apparently was the ending that was planned works better, because even if you're going, if you're going with that logic that he's somehow given his power, his whatever, over to Corey, Corey would be able to get up from the... Like, that would be the... Yep. And Michael wouldn't not be able to get up from what. So the thing too I wanted to touch on is it's like the most twisted passing of the torch, you know. Yep, and I guarantee you, test audiences did not like that, right? Because all audiences kind of they wanted the Michael so and Lori. The, they yeah. wanted they didn't give a shit about Corey. They wanted the Michael and Lori finale, which is really funny to me because I think you still would have got it. <laughs> you still I got just, it, yeah. but also like. We got it with H2O, like... I'm going to stick up for test audiences a little bit here, because I don't sure. I don't like the idea of them more than, like, the audiences themselves, because you're asking people, like, directly out of seeing a movie, what they think of what they just watched. Yeah. So you do not have time to process what you just watched. Yes. So a lot of people like me, especially going in blind, um, because, even, like I said, I kind of knew the Corey stuff was coming, but even I, halfway through, I'm like, man, this is a lot of Corey. And I think a lot of the neg- yeah. negative reaction to this isn't so much to what's in the movie, but the marketing of the movie as well. Yeah. Because the marketing was based around Laurie versus Michael. And when you do that, and then all of a sudden this character who is not in the trailers at all shows up, yeah. and he's dominating the movie, I understand people it's going It's kind of like, insane they were able to market it the way they were. Yeah, I understand people going like, what the hell? Because it's a bait and switch. What am I watching? It's a bait and switch, and they did it, and it kind of worked for them in some ways. It backfired a little bit. It still made $100 million, I think, uh, at the box office, so they're doing fine. Uh, but I can see why audiences, general audiences, or just audiences in general, I guess uh, that was weird, <laughs> but you know what I mean, Yeah. like recoil and go like, what the hell? Like, where's Michael Myers at? I get it. And so with test audiences... In the same way they did back when Halloween 3 happened. Yeah. So with test audiences too, like, they are going in blind to this movie and they're sitting there going like, where the hell is Michael Myers? Like, this is a Halloween movie. Right. Like, it's tough to do that. And then, like, you ask them, like, what do you think of that? The first thing, of course, they're going to say Where's Michael Myers? I hated the ending. I just, like, where's Michael Myers? (laughs) So I kind of get it. Like, I do get it. No, I understand it for sure. I do. But that maybe I think that's more a fault of, <laughs> and you you kind of inferred this too. Like that's more a fault of the test audience process, I think, than anything yes. else. Like literally, you give these people no time to even like think about what they've seen. If you had asked me two like two minutes after the credits rolled on on ends, I would be like, I don't know, it kind of sucked. 
But then I like thought more about it. Yeah. And I'm not trying to be, I'm not a contrarian type guy. I'm not trying to be contrarian. I like what I like. Right. And like the more I thought about it, the more I went, actually it was kind of, kind of sweet, but like I had issues, you know, I just, my issues were not clearly what, not what they were different issues. Um, after I get, after I had 24 hours to like think about what I watched, I went, okay, I actually quite like certain things about this, but I never walked away going like, Corey's the worst. He sucks. That whole thing sucks. Why did they do that? That's not how I felt ever at any point. Maybe it was softened by the fact that I knew that there was a Corey thing going on, going into it. I didn't know all the details, but I knew there was a, another killer and I knew his name was Corey. Yeah. That's what I knew. Yeah. So I at least had that softened. But you know, I've always had a soft spot, as you have, for. For Roy. For, 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 yeah, for like oddball, like entries in these franchises like things like friday the 13th part 5 or halloween 3 or halloween 6 or nightmare on elm street 2 i think yeah another i've one, always yeah. enjoyed yeah. the oddball ones yep um and the older i've got the, the the older i've gotten like the more i tend to find enjoyment in those sometimes even more than like the mainline right stuff when i was a little bit younger and maybe a little less patient when it came to deviating from stuff. I like. I remember rejecting Halloween three the first time I saw it as a kid. I was like, "What the fuck is this?" And then, like in my like teen years, I went, "This is sweet. This movie rules." Because I, you just start to kind of. It's also like yeah. It is also getting older and just like accepting things that exist. Yeah. And also finding like joy in them. I, mean, I can't stop this from existing. Like part, maybe there's something to enjoy here. Yes. You it's know. part of being a fan of a franchise. Yeah. And um Absolutely. Yeah. So recognizing yeah. You're a Bond fan. God knows you've been through it. Yeah, but that's I mean, that's part of the fun yeah. of it. <laughs> yeah, and that's why sometimes I <laughs> Yeah, I don't want to go down the whole fandom route. Um but I do kind of yeah. roll, roll my eyes at some people being referred to as fans, and I'm like, uh, are they fans? <laughs> because fans like fans don't have to like everything, but fans accept uh, things like true fans of the like we're Friday the Thirteenth fans. We're not fans of Jason Goes to Hell. We accept no, Jason exists. Goes to Hell. Yeah, I don't like it. It exists. But it's part of the franchise, and that's I, fine. I like it. I'm I don't, sure it has I don't need fans. to watch it a bunch. Yeah, I'm good. So, but there is a there. You're right. There is an element of you wonder sometimes with fan bases things like scream is a good example i've seen a lot of like since the last scream came out and scream has kind of become come back into the conversation yeah i've seen a lot of like hey the only good scream was the original and i'm like well then why like what's yeah why are you discussing scream like so you're not a fan of scream the franchise you like the first you like that movie movie, which is fine yeah but don't that's fine but like (laughs) why are you on a scream why are you on reddit talking about scream right. like why are you here I, I guess i just don't like there's like like i uh, i like the lost boys yeah. the movie i fucking think those sequels are trash yes so i don't go on lost boys <laughs> fan forums and discuss the lost boys and start franchise. trashing the sequels why do i i don't give a fuck you ignore like, them and you start talking about the lost boys movie and if what I, you want to see if it. i yeah. talk about it i yeah. talk about that first movie you know i guess that's just i just don't get it i you know, I don't know. Um, whatever so I had a couple, just two more questions. Yeah. Um, Lori and Allison in this movie. I think we've covered Michael and Corey enough, right? Yeah, I think What do so. you think of Lori and Allison in this movie? We've also covered Lori a little bit. They're fine. I mean, we I don't talk about a... Allison much, but. Allison's all right. I don't have an issue with her. I mean, I just. 
She kind of feels like she's kind of floating through this movie most of the time. Yeah, and I think some of that is on purpose because that's kind of where she's at in life. Yeah, I get that. Uh, the puppy love thing, like, <laughs> that's kind of some of my issue with the middle portion of the movie is like, they don't feel like they're in their toys. They're grown adults. Like, act like adults. <laughs> There's a little bit of that. I mean, I can accept a little bit of it because... I could see how somebody is like emotionally stunted by the shit they were th- went There's through. There's a little teenagers. bit of arrested development with these two as well. And I think that's yeah. where the bonding comes from a little bit. And I, yep. I like that, I guess, but it doesn't really get explored enough and I don't really need it to be. Yeah. Once again, we need to move move here. Like I yes. don't need a bunch of I don't need a ton more Corey and Allison, like the romance. There's enough that I could infer there, I guess, from them. But I don't disagree. They they are acting like little kids, like like sixteen years old. Even though, yeah, with these two characters and the novelization does this a little bit better than the movie. We talked about this, and but you, this is once again, you've got to make cuts here. You can't have two prologues. We needed. I felt like we needed a prologue, like seeing what to see what Allison and Lori had been up to the last. Yeah, I agree. Four years. It's missing. Yep. And I think we could have cut some of the middle middle stuff with where we start treading water. With the same thematic stuff with Corey. Like, I don't need to see Corey's mom be a complete piece of shit to him 14 times. <laughs> yes. I could see it once or twice, and I'm yeah. good. I've got that. Yep. Um, you, it, there's a lot of retreading the same ground with that stuff. With him, like, tr- almost trying to overly hammer at home where he's headed. Yep. Where you, you don't need all of that. I do need to see his stepdad watch Hard Target, though. Well, yeah. Uh, and then, Lori, I mean, yeah, it ends. Uh, I, I like the stuff. I love Will Patton. And I like the relationship between those I two. I always wish he was in a little bit more. Me too. I miss him a little bit. Yep, yeah. me too. Because he's not in Kills a ton either, but like he's he's present in Kills enough to make it no more. Like this one, he's barely. Yeah. Yeah. So I miss him a little bit, but I love Will Patton. Yes. Um, and the last thing I wanted to ask you is where do you want to see this go? Where do you want to see Halloween go from here? I don't I don't know. I what don't do know you, either. I mean, what do you, it needs to rest for a little bit. I kind of think so too. I think it's time to take some time off. I mean, and that's fine. There's, that's a good thing. Um, do you want a continuation with Allison? No. Or do you want? No, just... this needs to be done. This, okay. It's time to move on from this. I think. Um, I don't want any more set in the David Gordon Green universe. This just seems like a fine place to. And it's no shade on 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 his stuff. I just don't. I don't need to. It's see done, it feels like the natural. This is done. And, yep. And yep. Yeah. In the same way that zombies felt done to me, at the end of his Cole movies, I was like, okay, we're good. Yep. We can move on. Um. I don't know, Tim. I don't... I can tell you this. I don't... I don't want to see another remake of Halloween. Me neither. I really don't. If that's if that's what we're doing, I, I'll, I, I have... I, for the first time ever in the franchise, if that's what we're doing, I have, like, no interest in seeing that. I just don't. I don't care. I'm not saying I'll never watch it. I just don't have any interest in seeing it. Um, but then I guess... <laughs> Do you want to see him finally go the anthology route? Like they had always planned. It's an option, but I think that'll be rejected too. I don't think that's. I've seen some people. Halloween three is still a cult in some ways, like yeah, a cult not, following. It is it's not. Not, the, not no. It's not what they're going to do, and it's not what they should do if they want to make money. <laughs> no, I don't know what I. I don't know what you do. I, I'm with you. you I cannot you, remake that first movie again. That's just to me. That's craziness. But then I feel like if they're going to do a Michael Myers story. What do you do? What do you do with it then? Because <laughs> then, if you if you don't remake the first movie, then you're not doing an origin story for for the Michael Myers character. Then you're just doing a generic slasher movie with random characters, and 
Michael Myers in it. Yep. And that's fine, I guess. But I don't think they're going to want to do that. The series has never tried to be just a generic. Even at its lowest points, it's always tried to do something different. I wonder if they go like the like the TV route, like a streaming series route. But I once again, I don't know what you do. I have no idea what to do with this franchise at this point. I just don't know. No. I feel like we've milked about every avenue we can take with this stuff. You need a break. Um, it needs a break. And then, honestly, if you want to revisit... I don't want to see. I'm not saying I want to see a remake. But down the road, if you can find a way to freshen it up for the time that it's I would do in, a completely new take on... Do a new Michael Myers origin. You can even keep it as simple as like he murdered his sister. Um, but do something totally different. Instead of, instead of having him break out of the, the asylum and go after Lori and her friends again, I don't even want Lori to be a part of it. Exactly. The Lori character shouldn't even exist in this continuity. Yep. That's, that story's done, but you can still follow a young Loomis tracking him down. Right. The Lori stuff is done. I'm with please, you. please. That's please. where you know what. If you want to continue Michael Myers, fine, whatever. The Lori stuff needs is to be done. Done for me. Yeah. And honestly, I'm with you. The Allison, Allison is a part of that. I can see where they might continue on with her character, but I'm with you. I it, let's let's do something different. Yep. I think you could do a really cool story like i said about uh, a young loomis trying to hunt down like manhunt michael myers like from his perspective almost of like i think that'd be cool you could do that i think you do a movie where it's loomis trailing myers and trying to get people to believe him about the danger trying to get to haddonfield before myers does and like following loomis as he's like just catching up to Myers and like the 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 body trail he's leaving in his wake on his way back to Haddonfield, and then you have the big finale with Myers showing up in Haddonfield and the final like showdown. Don't even necessarily make like the Haddonfield teenagers the main part of the movie. Like, I don't know. I want I'd like a, a Loomis focused movie. I think is why we never had that really. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I so pointed out rightfully so that Loomis is a terrible doctor. Awful. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> Nobody tries to help him at all. He just starts screaming. He's evil. <laughs> Last thing I want to say about the trilogy is I do have to. I I, I got to respect what Blumhouse did with this thing. They let David Gordon Green do whatever he wanted, what he wanted, and I don't necessarily respect the way they advertise this one in some ways like i said i thought it felt like a bait and switch yeah and i think that led to a lot of the reaction and understandably i understand why they did it but i also am not crazy about it um but also man like they did it like they said they were gonna let him do his thing and he did his thing and i know for someone to take a franchise like this and yeah, make a trilogy as interesting and as kind of fun to dissect as they did. I have to give them credit for that. Yeah, so. I agree. Um, all right. Is that it on Halloween ends? That's it, man. What do you want to do next time? I don't know. So it's going to be our Thanksgiving episode. I had an idea for a bracket. Do you want me to run it by you now or off air? Sure. Now? Yeah. I want to do a bracket where we take a look at a bunch of entries, like specific entries in franchises. So... Like second entries, we do Nightmare on Elm Street two versus mm-hmm. 
Friday the 13th part two or Hellraiser two. And we do like that, like a sequel bracket, but we just focus specifically on the second movies in those franchises, or we could do the third movies in those franchises Oh, and we match them up and we figure out which is like the second or third, like the best entries in those franchises. I'm cool with that. You want to no. do that? Sure. Which, which one entry you want to do? Two, I, three, I don't know. Two, three or four is what I was. Uh, should we just start with two? Sure. Two and then we can do three and four. Yeah. Later down the road or whatever. Yeah. Or, or yeah. Whenever. Okay, let's yeah. do that. Do twos. Yeah, we'll celebrate Thanksgiving some other time. Yeah. Uh, since uh, Twitter is dying, uh, join us, our Patreon. You can get access to our Discord where you can talk to us. Because You can email us, horrormovieyearbook at gmail.com. Yep. Facebook. We're barely on Facebook, but we're there. <laughs> barely on Facebook. We're, uh, I'm on Instagram mostly. At our Instagram mostly now. Instagram's cool. Yeah, Instagram's fine. And so, yeah, I'm on there mostly. Yeah. So hit us up. Or just join our Discord yeah. by uh, uh, joining our Patreon for a buck. Yeah. Do it. Patreon.com backslash Midwest Podnet. All right. We'll be back next time. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Mm-hmm.